Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. This is Ashley here, and it is currently 1045 on Saturday, April 18th. Um, I'm just kind of chilling right now at my house, uh, you know, social distancing and whatnot going on currently. Uh, Kevin is at work. He is an essential employee, so because he's, you know, he's an EMT, you got to have people to drive the ambulance. So he is at work, and he'll be at work until probably about 6 o'clock tonight. And I know that it's been almost a month, about, just almost a month before, and of course, this is the time when the dogs decide that they want to start running around the room. Awesome. Um, So if you can hear that in the background, I'm really sorry. But I know that it's been about a month since I recorded my last podcast, which is kind of why I'm recording this now, because we were waiting. Um... And I say that kind of loosely. What I mean, what I mean by we were waiting is that after I started the Clomid, which I did talk about in, I believe, my first podcast, and I probably touched on it a little bit in my second podcast as well. Um, but we knew that the Clomid was supposed to induce ovulation, and obviously that was the ultimate goal with the Clomid. So we had to kind of, I didn't want to record a podcast if I didn't have any updates for you guys, if that makes sense. Um, And I have escaped to my upstairs uh, sanctuary. Unfortunately, Finn has decided he wanted to jump the gate. So now he's up here. And I may have to pause this to kick him out because this is technically the cat space and he's not allowed to be up here. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Let me tell you what, though. Just before we even get into all of this PCOS stuff and the infertility journey that Kevin and I are on, these dogs, <laughs> these dogs have got me going so crazy. Like, I have been stuck in the house with them. I don't want to say stuck in the house with them because it's really, I'm not really stuck. You know, like, I can go on a walk, I can go do something. I just can't be around other people. And these dogs obviously know that, one, mommy doesn't like to go outside very often. And two, she's not going to get mad when we are all up in her business. So both of my dogs, Gracie and Finn, um, for those of you who do know, Gracie, uh, she's she's doing much better. She (laughs) listens a lot better now, especially that we have Finn. I think she tries to play the big sister role a little bit too much. But Gracie and Finn have both been just up my ass. You know, I just, (laughs) and I'm exhausted. They are very exhausting creatures. And unfortunately, having the sleep schedule that I have right now, which is currently non-existent, um, I don't get to sleep in and actually get like a full eight hours of sleep because the dogs wake me up a couple hours after Kevin leaves for work and Kevin goes to work at eight. So he usually leaves around like seven thirty, seven forty five ish so he can get there early. And then the dogs will usually wake me up around 10, 10 30, um, which is no fun for me because normally the night before I hadn't gone to bed until like 4am. So, um, yeah, but we can blame Animal Crossing for all of that. Oh, good. Finn has decided he's going to go downstairs and give mom some privacy and some personal space. So, cool. We can go ahead and get started and talk about this. (sighs) Spoke too soon. 
Anyways, so let's kind of touch a little bit about the Clomid. So just as a recap, the Clomid was supposed to be taken on cycles day three through seven. So I know that I believe we talked about it before, but the way that your cycle works is the first day of your period is cycle day one. Um, And the day before your period is your final cycle day, if that makes sense. Um, Before I started the Clomid... I was on 40-day cycles. So, 40-day cycle is no good. A normal cycle is, like, 28 to 35 days, um, you know, give or take one or two on either side because every woman is different and every woman's body is very different. But 40-day cycles are no good because that means that if your cycle is that long, you're most likely not ovulating, which is why it's taking your body a little bit longer to start that period back up because it's like, wait a minute, did I ovulate? Should I wait? And it just kind of confuses the body. So when my doctor gave me this medicine, this this Clomid, it was because I had 40-day cycles. This last cycle, so not the cycle that I'm currently on, but la- this last cycle only lasted 36 days. So that kind of tells me that the Clomid is doing its job because one, it shortened my cycle length. Two, it shortened my period. And three, and the most important thing is we finally got a positive ovulation strip. And let me tell you, for me, who has been looking at these ovulation strips for over a year and has been trying to make sense of them, for me to finally, finally get that positive and see what it looks like, I am just overjoyed and overwhelmed with happiness because that tells me that there's still hope. You know, I'm not, I don't have to give up. I can just keep, we can just keep trying and everything's going to be great. Sorry, I was kicking Finn out of my space because he doesn't understand that he can't mess with the cats right now. Like, they're in their their sanctuary, their safe space, and Finn's totally ruining that. So I had to put the gate up a little bit higher and hopefully he cannot jump it. No, sir, you stay down there. Thank you. No, Gracie, you can't come up here either. <laughs> it's, I feel like a, like a mom with toddlers who ha- has a snack and the toddlers want the snack and she has to like hide in the bathroom. Yeah, that's my life. I'm hiding upstairs from my dogs because they drive me crazy. Um, so where was I? Good. I'm glad I'm taking notes this time around because I'm trying not to get off topic and get off track because my second episode of my podcast was like an hour long and I know that nobody wants to listen to that one because it's so long. Um, but yes, so this last cycle was 36 days, which was really, really exciting for us because it showed me that, okay, the medicine is working. However, some sad news. So obviously we did not get pregnant this month. Um, I did start my period a couple of days ago, which was a huge, huge disappointment. Um, but I, as I may have mentioned before, even with the Clomid, my chances of pregnancy are still only about 25%. And you may hear that number and think, Ashley, that's not right. There's, it's got to be higher than that. And no, no, it's really, my doctor told me, she said, 
even if you ovulate, she said there's only about a one in four chance that the sperm will be able to reach your egg in time to fertilize it. And I was like, okay, you know, why is that? And she's like, it's just because of your PCOS. She said, it's just the way that your body processes all of this stuff. It's the way that the egg exits your ovary and goes down into the fallopian tube. She said, it's dependent on a lot of factors. She said, but without the Clomid, your chances are much lower. They're about like a one in five, one in six chance. But with the Clomid, it ups your chances just a little bit to about a 25%. So one in four. And, you know, for me, one in four is a lot better than the one in six. You know what I mean? And at this point, I'm willing to try anything. So my doctor um, had told me to start testing for ovulation on cycle day 10. So that would have been three days after I finished my Clomid because I finished it on cycle day seven. Um, So Kevin and I kind of developed our own little... I want to say it's a routine. It was a routine because it was kind of like it was literally every day. But Kevin is is my rock, as most of you know. Like Kevin is my rock. We are best friends. He is my soulmate and we do everything together. And let me tell you, if I didn't have this boy, I'd probably lose my head because he reminds me of so many things that I may have forgotten. Like when I was when I first started taking the Clomid, he always made sure every night to ask me, "Did you take your Clomid? Did you take your Clomid?" Because I took have to take it before bed because of all the side effects. And some nights I would be like, "Oh no, I didn't take it. Thank you for reminding me." Other nights I'm like, "Yes, I took it. It's fine. Don't worry." But that's what we've been doing now. Again, now that we've started the Clomid back up, um, but we started s- testing for cycle day on cycle day ten for ovulation, and basically. Uh, Kevin gets up about 6.45 in the morning. He likes to be up nice and early, so he has plenty of time to wake up and get ready for the day. And he gets ready for work. I think Gracie just came up the stairs. No, no, she didn't. I thought I heard her. I was freaking out. Um, But he gets ready for work, and then about 7.30-ish, 7.45-ish, he would come in and he'd wake me up. And he has to be very gentle when he wakes me up because anybody that has tried to wake me up, understands that one, I'm a pretty heavy sleeper. And two, I get woken up and I get really, really upset and very grumpy and kind of mean. So I, you know, he has to be very, very gentle when waking me up. Gracie, go back downstairs. You know, you're not supposed to be up here. So she jumps on the couch. Okay. So Kevin would come in about 730-ish, give or take like 10 minutes And he'd wake me up and he'd go, baby, it's time to pee in a cup. I'm like, oh, okay, great. It's time to get up and pee in a cup. So the kit, the ovulation and pregnancy test kit that I bought is really, really awesome. It's called Mom Med, M-O-M-M-E-D. And it's on Amazon. And the box only costs me like $17, I want to say. And I think I got free shipping because the company offers just gives free shipping. Um, don't quote me on that though. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I ordered the box. Um, but the box came with about 80 ovulation strips, about 20 pregnancy strips, and then like a hundred urine collection cups. Because you want to make sure that any cup that you're peeing into, (laughs) obviously, is clean and sterile and hasn't been used by anybody else or hasn't had anything else in it. 
So they give you those cups as just kind of like a courtesy. And I'll tell you what, those cups were a life changer because I could not have peed on these little teeny tiny little ovulation strips, just peed on them. No, God, God use the cup. Cups way easier. So every morning, Kevin would wake me up, tell me it's time to pee in a cup. I'd go in the bathroom, pee in a cup, put the ovulation stick into the urine to test it. Um, and then you had to lay it flat for like five minutes. You had to wait a full five minutes before you read the results. Because anything before that could give you something in, could give you an inaccurate result, and anything too far after that five minutes could also give you something inaccurate. Um, the reason they don't want you to read the tests, and this goes with pregnancy tests as well, the reason they don't want you to read the tests so um, too far afterwards, like if you wait, if you take that test and then you wait 10 minutes and then you look at that test, you're not going to have an accurate reading. Because what often happens when you take that test is after the urine has all evaporated off of the stick, sometimes certain brands of tests will create what's called evaporation lines or evap lines. And those lines could set, could make you think, oh, this test is positive when it's in reality, if you had read it before that 10 minute mark, it would have showed you negative. And I hope that makes sense. I tried to explain it as best as I could um, because I didn't really quite understand it at first either, but I use this app called Glow and it's kind of like a community of women. It is a period tracking app. Um... And it is for people who are trying to conceive or trying to get pregnant or even for people who are trying to avoid it by tracking ovulation. Um, so there's a whole like community of women on there and there's little group message boards like for women with PCOS, you know, trying to conceive while you're on Clomid, um, trying to conceive in your 20s, trying to conceive in your 30s, um, all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's a really, really great great app and I really enjoy it and it's helped me a lot because I it helps me realize okay I'm not the only one going through this stuff you know I'm not the only one suffering through infertility and I'm not the only one that wants so badly to have a baby and just can't um so it really really helps to have that support system so if you are a menstruating friend of mine and you need a good little support system for your menstruation problems, please download Glow. I promise you won't regret it. It's really, really great. It's very insightful, um, and I like it a lot. So, with our, let's kind of backtrack here, Um, with our ovulation testing, Kevin would wake me up every morning, I'd go and I'd take my test, and I had this little tracking sheet. And on my tracking sheet, I would write... On the left-hand side, I would write um, the date and the time, as well as what cycle day it was. So, like, my first one would have had the date, the time, like, 7.30-ish, and then cycle day 10 is what my first one would have said. So, we tested every single morning about the same time in the morning, give or take 20 minutes, Um, It doesn't have to be right exactly on the minute every time, you know, as long as it's um, first morning urine and you're doing it every single morning and you're doing it consistently, it's fine. It doesn't have to be right down to the minute. But we start, we continued testing until we got to cycle day 21. And, you know, I got to cycle day 20 and I still wasn't getting a positive. So at that point, I'm like, okay, is this medicine even working for me? Like... 
I've had all these hot flashes. I had to go to the hospital because I couldn't see. Like, I need to know if this medicine is even working for me or if I just need to try something else. So by cycle day 20, I was getting really frustrated and really discouraged and just kind of depressed because I felt like, oh my God, this isn't working either. Like, you got to be kidding me. Something's got to give. And something in the universe must have heard me because cycle day 21, we finally got a high surge. So ovulation tests for the LH hormone Um, I don't remember the exact, like, abbreviation because it's a really long word and it's kind of hard to pronounce, Um, but it has a lot to do with your luteal phase in your menstrual cycle, Um, and if you don't know what that is, that is the phase in which you start ovulation, when an egg starts to form and gets ready to go down to be fertilized, blah, 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 all that science-y biology bullcrap that nobody really cares about. So cycle day 21, we finally got one that looked like it was high. I knew that it wasn't my peak because you will get a peak the day before you ovulate and you will then get like a really low reading the day that you ovulated. So cycle day 21, I got a high LH surge. So my lines, the way that the lines work, your your right line or your control line will always be like a nice dark pink color if you use pink dye tests. I use pink dye tests because they're more accurate um, and they're more, a little bit more reliable than blue dye tests because blue dye tests often have more EVAP lines. Um, and then your left line, which is your test line, when you get a positive LH surge will either be the same exact shade, just as dark as the control line or darker than the control line. That's how you know when you've got a positive and it's time to do what they call baby dance, which everybody knows what that means. And I don't have to say it because we're all adults here. So the 21st, we got our first high. And then the 22nd, we got one that like, I looked at that test and I was like, oh my God, Kevin, look at this. And he was like, what is it, baby? And he looked at it. He was like, oh my God, you're going to ovulate tomorrow. And I started crying. I was jumping up and down. I was so excited because I finally, finally got it. And it finally made sense. So on the this, this 22nd day of my cycle, we finally got one that was so high that it looked positive. But I wanted to keep testing just in case. So the 22nd day was our high. So that means that on cycle day 23, that would have been the day that I ovulated. And I know that because I still tested on cycle day 23 and I got a negative ovulation test. So that tells me that cycle day 22, I had that surge because the next day I ovulated. And of course, you know, we did everything that we needed to do. (laughs) And I continued to test for ovulation two more days after um, my actual ovulation date. So cycle days 24 and 25, and both of those were negative. So that that told me, okay, cool. I did ovulate. I shouldn't ovulate anymore this month. So I can stop testing for ovulation. And in a little bit, I can start testing. In a few days, I can start testing for pregnancy. So the day of ovulation is considered day zero in your luteal phase because you have to count your cycle kind of twice. So obviously, like your cycle days start with your period, but then. After you get your positive ovulation test, you have to count days after ovulation before you can start testing for pregnancy. 
Um, my doctor recommended to wait 12 days post ovulation before I started testing for pregnancy because that is the most common number of days after ovulation that a woman will start to have that HCG hormone um, kind of start building up in her system because at 12 days, roughly at about 12 days, um, a fertilized egg is implanting into the uterus. Um, kind of, it's around like nine to 12, sometimes eight to 12, depending on which source you look at. Um, but at around 10 days ovulation is when a fertilized egg would be able to implant into the uterus. And that's when you will get a positive pregnancy test. So we waited until 12 days past ovulation and I tested for pregnancy every morning. Same deal. First morning urine. It didn't matter what time it was this time because like I said, my sleep schedule is really, really off right now. So some, some days I wasn't peeing in a cup until like noon. Other days it was like four o'clock in the morning. You know, it just kind of depends on when I'm awake and when I'm ready to pee in a cup. So we kind of did the same thing. Um, where Kevin would wake me up and have me pee in a cup, but then I was starting to get grumpy a couple of days into it. So he's like, it's okay. We don't have to, we don't have to keep doing this. It's everything's fine. And so we waited the 12 days and that had us at, let me do some like quick math here. So if I ovulated on cycle day 23, we had to wait 12 more days. Let's see. That's day 35. Yeah just about. So on day like 33 to 34, because I did, like I said, this cycle was 36 days. There's a lot of numbers that have to go into this and it's, it's insane, honestly. And it's got me a little overwhelmed sometimes, but that's why I started this podcast. So I kind of have like an outlet. And if you guys like listening, listen, if you don't like listening, that's totally fine with me too. Um, shit. Oops, sorry. I didn't mean to curse into the phone, but I dropped my pen. Um, so cycle day around 34, 35, I was testing for pregnancy and wasn't getting anything positive. The first day, though, I it's, it's so embarrassing, but I talked to my best friend, Brooklyn, about all these things. And I was like, you know, some of the things I don't want to really talk about in my podcast because I feel like it's really embarrassing and like, really personal and I don't want anybody to be uncomfortable and she was like no Ashley just do it talk about it say it because she's like because somebody else may be thinking the same things or feeling the same things that you are and having you as like a support system might help them so whatever we're just gonna have to uh kind of go for it um so my first day that I tested for pregnancy um the couple of days before that I was getting what I consider to be, like, phantom symptoms, um, like, my breasts were sore, you know, I was kind of moody, I was going to the bathroom a lot, and of course, you know, anytime something like that happens, I get my hopes up, and I think, oh my god, I'm finally pregnant, everything's finally working out, everything's great, I'm not gonna start my period this month, it's not gonna come, because I'm gonna be pregnant, and then, boom, cycle day, what would have been 37, period starts, depressing, but the first day, I took the test, waited five minutes, and came back and stared at that thing. I swear to God, I swear to you, I stared at that little tiny HCG test for probably about 20 to 25 minutes. 
uh, at least long enough that Kevin stopped playing video games to come into the bathroom to check on me because he thought something was wrong. So I stared at that test because I swore, I swore up and down with everything that I had in me that I saw the faintest of lines, absolute faintest line in probably the whole world. So, and that is a thing, like you can get a really, really faint positive on a pregnancy test. If you're super, super early and it has just, and you have just enough HCG to be able to detect it on a test and sometimes it'll pop up with that really, really, really light line and sometimes you can't even see it and sometimes other people can't see it and sometimes some people can see it and you don't. So I did what a lot of women do on my app. I posted it into a group called Faint Lines slash No Big Fat Positives because that's where the women post their pregnancy tests if they're like, okay, I think I see something. Do you guys see anything? Um, it kind of helps us just to, to get multiple sets of eyes on the test to look at it. So I put it on there and I've created a poll, which is just like a voting thing. Like, oh, do you see a faint line? Do you see nothing? Or should I just keep testing and stop staring at this test? Um, I had about like a 15% vote that said that they saw the line, which kind of got my hopes up a little bit more. Um, I had about, I want to say 30% that said it was negative, And then the rest of the people said just to keep testing. So, I threw that test in the trash. I don't keep my HCG test just because I keep my um, ovulation tests, and that's just a lot of pee sticks uh, kind of piling up in my bathroom. So, I don't really want to keep a hold of all of those, especially if they're not positive. You know, I'll keep a positive pregnancy test, but I'm not going to keep it if it's negative. So, that was day, like, 12 or 11 even after ovulation, or it might have been 10. I might have been 10 days past ovulation because I told Kevin I couldn't wait anymore and I kept testing. Um, so, yeah, I tested and got that test. And then every test after that was strikingly negative. Like, no chance of even, like, the faintest of lines on there. Um, which is pretty sad for me. But at the same time, I feel like I need to be grateful for the opportunity, I guess, um, because I did ovulate last cycle. I finally, finally ovulated for the first time, and I don't know. I feel like sometimes it makes me feel like a failure, I guess, because, like, man, I ovulated, but still didn't get pregnant. Like, what did I do wrong? Did I, you know, did we not baby dance at the right time? Should we have done it a few hours earlier? Should we have waited a few hours and done it later? Like, I don't know, a lot of questions kind of pop into my mind, um, especially when this current cycle started over. So I got my period um, like five days ago. We're on cycle day five, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah, cycle day five. I had to really kind of remind myself of that. So I am back on the Clomid. I will take my third dose this evening. Um, and then my last two doses tomorrow and the day after. Um, and once again with the Clomid, I'm having all the same symptoms that I had before. Um, no blurred vision yet and no motion sickness yet, but I am waiting for it. I do have medicine to help me get through it because I know that it's probably coming and I just need to be prepared for that. But I'm thankful that I will be home during all of these things. So I'm in my most comfortable setting while I'm dealing with all these really 
really uncomfortable side effects. So, of course, the last couple of days I've had really bad hot flashes, um, mood swings. Oh, good Lord, the mood swings. I was so mean to Kevin last night, and I still feel pretty bad um, because I didn't mean to. Like, I really can't help it with the Clomid. Like, that's the thing that's the worst thing about the Clomid is the is the mood swings because, like, I can feel it. I know when I'm swinging my moods and when my moods are all over the place. But no matter how conscious, consciously aware of it you are, you can't make it stop. You can't. You just become... Like, I told Kevin, I was like, I'm sorry. Because obviously I'm in total bitch mode. And this is probably going to be happening for the next, like, five days. So I'm very thankful that Kevin has a lot of patience because... When I'm on my Clomid, I can be so difficult to deal with. I get grumpy at the drop of a hat, like, so quick, so quickly. I have hiccups for some reason. I'm so sorry. But I get so angry so quickly over stupid stuff. Like, it's just straight up just dumb. So I'm now on Cycle Day 5. We're going to keep taking the Clomid, and we will keep testing, I guess, um, But basically, I just kind of wanted to make this podcast episode, and I do apologize again for it taking so long, but like I said, we were waiting. We were waiting on that positive ovulation test, and we were waiting to see if we got a positive pregnancy test Um, because Kevin and I have discussed it at great length when, when and if we do finally get a positive pregnancy test, um, we're not going to tell anybody until probably about 12 weeks into the pregnancy because with me having PCOS, I am at a much, much higher risk of having a miscarriage, especially in an early pregnancy. So around the 12-week mark, which is the end of the first trimester, is when your uh, miscarriage chances drop significantly like by like tens of 20 percentages like really really low so Kevin and I have discussed it a lot and when and if we do finally get that pregnant that positive pregnancy test we're gonna wait for at least the first three months before we tell anybody um you know obviously we might tell family depending I might tell my mom and my dad and my stepmom you know I hate that word stepmom gross bonus mom I might tell my mom my bonus mom and my dad, um, and we might tell Kevin's mom, but at the same time, like, I get really, really nervous because I don't want to, you know, announce a pregnancy to my family members, especially the family members who would be the grand, the grandparents of my child. I don't want to announce that we're pregnant and then also later on have to announce that we lost the baby, if that makes sense. Because, my biggest fear is losing one and having PCOS that fear is very realistic because more likely than not and I continue to tell myself this all the time so I don't ever get my hopes up because if you know me I'm a very hopeful person I like to try to stay positive but I know deep down that my first pregnancy will most likely end in a miscarriage because that's just the reality of my disease and the reality of of my journey and my life right now is that no matter how hard we try and no matter if we do 
all of the right things, if I take all of the right vitamins, eat all of the right foods, drink all of the right drinks, it still couldn't be enough. There's possibilities that it still won't be enough for me to get what the ladies on Globe refer to as a sticky bean, which is a pregnancy that sticks, one that you don't lose in the first trimester. So, you know, with my next podcast episode, I'm going to try to update you guys as we go along. Um, maybe see how that goes. I haven't had any more doctor's appointments because of COVID and I've been staying home because of COVID. So, um, I don't really go anywhere. If anybody would like to talk about my podcast or about your life problems and you need somebody to listen to, I love doing that. I love listening to other people's problems or their worries or their concerns or just their, the good things that are happening in their life too. I just, I do like to listen to other people and kind of enjoy other people's company as long as it's at a safe social distance. And if you want to talk, you can find me on Instagram at AshleyJoanne13. Uh, that is my Instagram handle. Um, I might change that, but probably not um, it's been the same thing for like years. Um, so follow me on Instagram. You can find the link to my podcast in my, in my bio there. Uh, you can message me on there. I can send you my Snapchat information. I'm not going to give that out here because I've had a lot of people add me on Snapchat that I don't know. And I don't like that. Um, so if you want my Snapchat, I'll give you my Snapchat. Um, if we're like super good friends and need my phone number, I can give you my phone number. Um, but that kind of wraps up our podcast for today. Um, I do, again, I do apologize that it took me like a month to update you guys, but like I said, 36 day cycle, man, like that, that shit was crazy. So I will start recording again on cycle day 10 and I'm going to try to record just little bits and pieces here and there. So next podcast might be a little choppy, um, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. Um, we're going to do this. Everything's going to be great. Uh, We're going to remain positive, we're going to remain upbeat, and we're going to try to stay happy and healthy. So, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of it. So, thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm glad that this podcast wasn't too much longer than the last one. It's only about 35 minutes, so that's good. Um, So, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, Reach out to me. Let me know what you think of this episode. Uh, Let me know if you want me to talk about anything else. Other than, you know, the this is kind of like the boring part, you know, where we're just testing for ovulation, waiting for a positive, having sex when it happens, waiting for a pregnancy test. You know, just this is this part of the, the process is pretty boring and I won't I won't lie about that. But if there are other parts of my PCOS that you want me to talk about or um, just parts of like reproductive health that you want me to talk about, let me know. I'm I'm open to suggestions. I'm open to ideas. Um, so let's keep this thing rolling, shall we? I've been, I've really enjoyed connecting with you guys. I really hope that you guys enjoy listening to the podcast and enjoy connecting with me. Um, and again, I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening. It means a lot to me. Um, it really helps to know that so many people are trying to support me through this because this is, this is so hard. It really is. It's, it's so hard and it would be even harder if I didn't have, if I didn't have you guys. So thank you. Um, but anyway, this is Ashley Kermeen signing off. Remember to be kind to yourself, be kind to each other, wash your fucking hands, and stay home. 
please, if you can, please stay home for those that, that cannot, like my Kevin. Kevin cannot stay home. He's very essential. So please stay home for my loved ones, stay home for your loved ones, and just keep each other safe. Okay? Love you guys.